This is the Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. Welcome to the Liberator Podcast. My name is Jeremy Kubitschek. Today I'm with Steve Cockrum, as usual, from Oklahoma today, Steve. Welcome to London Weather. Well, how dare you? You're in London right now. It's uh, 75 degrees, sunny, clear blue skies. I come to Oklahoma, we've got thunderstorms, we've got lightning, we've got about six inches of rain. Terrible. I don't know what the Brits would do with thunderstorms. Because you don't ever have them, really. We only have little ones. Yeah. Americans are always boomers. bigger and better. I mean, last night's was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say for that, for the most part, that most things in America are bigger and better? Or how would you describe that? Most things are definitely bigger than better. And particularly when it comes to food. <laughs> the food. <laughs> <laughs> so last night we got taken out to, what was it called? The press. The press. Yes. Okay. And tell, tell everyone what you had. Uh, I had an official chicken fried ribeye steak. <laughs> Not just the chicken fried steak, but chicken fried ribeye. It was it, ridiculous. It came with a defibrillator on the side, didn't it? <laughs> it was unbelievable. This is, so just so you know, this is a ribeye steak, deep fried, like you were with chicken. Obviously, I had vegetables and something <laughs> healthy for me. Uh, you did clean your plate. I, I noticed that. That's it was really good. good. It was a good pot roast. It looked, it's good. I love being great. in Oklahoma, and to be able to see you to do the podcast is just a joy. So. Absolutely. And we've got some guests with us. Today we do. We have some guests. We have... Rich Webb in the house, whoop, whoop. another Brit who's, uh, who's traveled to Oklahoma. So you can say hi, Rich. I'll just go ahead and give you a, a little um, uh, opportunity. Hey, guys. Great to be here and uh, to be a part of this today. Yep, and great. Um, we've also got Justin Westbrook, who keeps following us around like a bad smell, but another pioneer for today. So say hello, Justin. Hey, guys. How's it going? There you go. That's not any good. Go on, be nice. From do Atlanta. You, do, yeah. do, your, do your podcast voice. Hey, uh, yeah, actually, I do introduce you on the podcast, so I'm, I'm in every single episode. But yeah, from Atlanta, good to be here. Uh, also nervous about the weather because we don't exactly have this going on right now in Atlanta. But yeah, good to be here. We've got some uh, pioneers. So today is the pioneer. We're excited about all of the pioneer conversations we're going to have about how do you liberate a pioneer. That's our topic today. And uh, I think it should be, I think we've got three good examples of how to liberate you guys. And uh, well, why, why don't you describe the pioneer, Jeremy, what you think they're really best at and why we need to value their voice oh, more? Oh, wow. Interesting. As a connector. I'll uh, do the connector for you later. <laughs> Let's see, without sarcasm, yes. I will completely share the value of pioneer. Come on, okay. we'll that. Uh, pioneers are unbelievably good. They're the champions, I would say, I almost say, champions of winning. But they have the ability to uh, take a mountain. They see an objective and they go after it. They know how to allocate resources, people, plans. They're like military strategists. So when they lock into something, they become so voracious to hit that and so competitive, they're not going to lose, which is just such a helpful thing. Mm-hmm. It's such a small percentage of the population. It's 7% of the population, but the majority of leaders and executives happen to be pioneers because people want them on their team because they have a tendency to win. Mm. And uh, without pioneers, we wouldn't have so many things in in our world. Uh, There wouldn't be uh, certain things accomplished. Mm. And so the value, I think everyone should value the pioneer. The problem with pioneers, wait, 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 I won't go there. Uh, let's start. I know you did really well for the last (laughs) whole three minutes without being prejudicial. No, I think that's really good. I think the... I think the issue is not how valuable is the pioneer voice. It's like you say, is when a pioneer voice is immature, it causes all kinds of danger and all kinds of damage because obviously it carries a grenade launcher as its weapon system. And there's, there's, there's no such thing as a safe launch of a grenade inside a team environment or a family environment. So I think it's the reason why we give them a hard time um, because actually if they can be truly liberated themselves, they have the potential to create environments for others to be liberated. 
But if they're not liberated and they're not self-aware, actually they are, they are detrimental to the liberation of other people because they really close down and almost cause people to fear and so they don't ring their best. So that's it, why the stakes are high. What, what's so interesting about a pioneer is they're so talented at getting things done, and, and, and yet they're oftentimes so one-track mind because that's their objective they're trying to hit. So if you're in the flow of a pioneer, working with them, and the pioneer views you as credible, competent, everything's usually good. Mm -hmm. But if you're outside of the flow of the pioneer in the everyday life, it can come across as arrogance or uh, selfishness or rudeness in a lot of ways which produces a lot of uh, damage so pioneers can make a lot of progress and yet at the same time they can take a lot of people out and they just don't know it or aren't aware and maybe sometimes don't care well we always care you should know that but i think that because because <laughs> we're seemingly care <laughs> are you sharing some of your wounds here? <laughs> this is going to be great keep going yeah. this is like you're an intervention for you're you you're surrounded by pioneers yeah. <laughs> i think that because for the pioneer the vision is always the thing that comes top so that when they have lock on vision they understand that there are usually have to be sacrifices that people make in order for big vision to happen and so it's even though they care about people the vision's success will ultimately mean certain people may have to be moved aside if they've reached a point where they can't contribute at a certain level and i think that's the difficulty for people because it often appears like they're being quite hard or callous or, you know, do you not understand that person's been with us for five years, but actually for the pioneer go, well, they've reached their level where they can't really go to the next level. We need to change it. And I think that's another thing that kind of people often struggle with because it does look sometimes very, very cold. And it's not pioneers don't care about people. Pioneers care more about the success of the vision. And to go to your point, which we'll talk about later is, if you happen to be involved in the task and the team that a pioneer is heavily engaged with, you get everything from them. So they're very task relational orientated. So if you're in the team, you get all of them. The challenge is when you are no longer part of the team that's delivering the task, which is achieving the vision for pioneers, it can sometimes feel like you've just been completely dropped. So for, for a lot of our more relational, nurturer, connector, creative feeler, it's almost like, well, hang on, was our relationship ever really any more than I was a pawn on your chessboard? Because I used to be your favorite person. You used to ring me every day. I'm no longer in your team helping achieve world domination. I hear from you not at all. It's as if I was simply used or manipulated. Where did all that relationship go? That's one of those ones when we start to think about liberating pioneers. You have to understand, pioneers, that there is a, there is a cost when you move on if you do not maintain any form of relationship with the people who are part of your previous world, you undermine your influence because they begin to question whether there was ever any integrity in that relationship before. And to the pure pioneers, like, well, absolutely there were, yeah. but my objective has changed. Yes. I'm on to another thing. Yeah. And so what's interesting I found in working with pioneers um, is pioneers always seem to have the two, three, four people mm. that they've had in their past world that they want to bring in to their next task. So in a corporate uh, experience mm. to go, hey, I've got my guys. And they try to bring them because the competency is such an important part. So they're bringing the people that they believe have the expertise because they know they, that 
they need to accomplish a big task and there's not much time. Mm. So they don't want any drama. They don't want to mess with it. They want to work with people who are sure who can make it happen. And so that's why they usually bring in their team of people and everyone else in around them, you know, they're being judged on competency very, very quickly. So it's a, it's a fascinating uh, personality and a fascinating, uh, it's needed. We have to have pioneers. But I think that's why there's only 7% in the world. Because could you imagine if there was 77% in the world? What no, it would look it's like? terrible. It's terrible because, you know, there's more people who can win. I often joke and say, uh, um, in, in the beginning, you know, um, God made pioneers first and then realized that actually there was, there was going to be untold damage if he made too many of them. So he limited it at 7% and decided that you needed a ratio of six nurturers to every pioneer to mop up the relational emotional damage caused by the average immature pioneer. So. But you can liberate a pioneer. And yes, pioneer, can. everyone can be liberated. And so liberation will look different, right? So we've gone through the nurturer, the guardian, the, the uh, creative. Mm-hmm. We still, um, we've got the pioneer we're talking about today and the connectors as well. So the liberating a pioneer, walk us through, mm-hmm. you're a pioneer. So what, what would it look like to liberate you? And then mm-hmm. we'll get these guys in and we'll, we'll chat with them. So one of the things we've done, which people have um, been kind enough to write and say how helpful it was, was to give them a narrative of going, what is it that foundational voice wants you to know, but probably never communicates? So for the liberator, for, for a pioneer, what they're really saying without saying is, I need you to respect my competence. Competence is the biggest driver to call a pioneer incompetent is basically to, you know, it's the worst possible insult. Don't judge me for being competitive and wanting to change the world. Invite me to help you solve your problems. I love doing that. Encourage me to dream beyond what anyone else believes is possible. So this idea of going, I know competition for some of you is a really challenging thing, but for the pioneer, if they're competitive in the right way for a breakthrough or an opportunity on behalf of others, usually because they want to make the biggest impact in the world they can. If you actually ask a healthy pioneer, one of their great desires is to go, how do I use all the talent, all the skills, all the gifts I have? How do I leave a legacy? How do I make sure I fulfill my potential? Because I don't want to be lazy. I don't want to get to the end of life and go, God, I could have done so much more with all this. That's the nature of the driven. So actually affirming that and being able to say, actually, I value it, but let's make sure you're being competitive in the right environment. You don't need to compete with everyone inside your team in that process. Invite me to help solve problems. Honestly, for some of you, the thought of saying to somebody, you know, could you help me with this? Well, if you ask me, could you help me paint your house or move house with manual labor? The answer will be, no, I can think of nothing worse, but I will pay someone to come and do it. If you say, Steve, I've got a real problem that I'm trying to work out. Would you by any chance have the time to help think through some ideas of how you could do it differently? Because pioneers love to be intellectual consultants. You, 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 know, you might think, gosh, well, how could I impose that on someone else? But for a pioneer, that is almost their love language. To be able to say, give us a chance to help solve the complex problems, particularly if it's something that you really struggle with. We love doing that. And that's almost like collaboration, for, for fun. critique, absolutely, in, in a healthy way. Yeah. And, and just keep encouraging me to dream beyond almost what anyone has deemed possible. That's the, that's the pioneer at their best to go, I don't want to make a little breakthrough. If we're going to make a breakthrough, how can we make one that's going to change the lives of as many people as possible? That's really the liberating pioneer. So I'll read it again so for those of you who take notes. I need you to respect my competence. Don't judge me for being competitive and wanting to change the world. Invite me to help solve your problems. I love doing that. 
and encouraged me to dream beyond what anyone else actually believes possible. So let's bring the, these guys in. So Rich, Justin, we're going to ask you the question, the question in the same way. So take that, what you just heard from your perspective, not just what we what we just heard, but specific liberation for you. So Rich, I'm going to start with you. Okay. So what does liberation to you as a pioneer uh, look like specifically in your own language? Okay. I think for me, it's very much around this idea of uh, you know, how can we change the world? How can we make a, a massive difference? So for me to be liberated, um, I, I want someone to come to me and, and say, if, we, if we're successful, if we get this done, if we make this happen, this could make a significant difference. You know, I want to see big goals, crazy stuff, and it might be out of reach. But I'd much rather to, uh, to, to make the sacrifices that Steve was talking about, to put in the hard work to do it, if I believe there has a huge potential uh, to be there. Uh, and I think the, the other side of that, which is connected, is uh, for me to be liberated, I want to be in a position where I feel I can be moving towards that. You know, not just playing off at the side, not just uh, doing smaller things, but in some way having a, a sense of we, this could happen. You know, if we make the sacrifices, put in the hard work, and this could happen, then then that's I think what really liberates me and gets me excited. Great. Yeah. So, um, and this is Justin, by the way. For me, the the big thing is, can I be a part of looking at and addressing the complex problem, and can I help begin to solve it? So, one of the jokes that kind of goes around is people the inside the giant world is that they seem a bit like a beautiful mind. But that's what I love doing is to go, okay, what's the complex problem we're trying to solve? And let's begin to organize and almost like the strategic chessboard, how do we go and win? Uh, and it's kind of speaking back to what you said earlier, uh, I totally relate to the whole, if you're on my path, then like we're going to be talking all the time. And it's kind of, I kind of think of like the mountain analogy because they say the pioneers like to go and take the mountain. So if you're on the path of the mountain I'm trying to take, yeah, we're going to be talking all the time, but the moment you're on a different path or you're on a different, it's not that I don't care about you. It's just, I'm not even thinking about you. Uh, so it's, I think back to like times, even like back in college, all the way through to now, it's like, there are people that like, I talk to a ton during one season, but the moment I'm onto something, it's like, I just forget because they do have the one track mind. So that, that was kind of convicting when you said that I was like, yep, that's definitely. <laughs> so here's an interesting thought to you guys and to Steve. Um, so do the opposite. What would domination look like to a pioneer? Mm -hmm. How do I, how would because pioneers are a little bit more uh, gritty is the word I'd say. I mean they're, they're not as sensitive than other voices, mm -hmm. even though you have emotions, right? You guys have emotions. Yeah. Just making sure you when have feelings. Watch, when we watch war movies. Well, <laughs> when you watch a war movie, <laughs> I, I love it. No, but to go, you have emotions. But what would domination mm -hmm. to a pioneer look like? I think it's it's almost the reverse of that. It's where actually I feel I don't have the opportunity to make a difference. I'm being micromanaged. I've got a boss who doesn't understand me. I've got someone who sees me as a constant threat. And when I'm trying to collaborate to make it better, it almost appears like I'm being critical of them. They're taking that as insecurity. I think kind of not having an environment where it's safe to be my best and bring my best is incredibly debilitating. Mm -hmm. So another one is pioneers usually need resources because their visions usually require significant amounts of people and capital. For a pioneer to be not have enough money, that's usually a pretty significant barrier to their well-being. They usually need enough security in their kind of pot to go, I can go to war because I've counted the costs I know I can. So resources, 
a chance to make a difference, not to be constantly having to think about, have I just offended somebody again because of their insecurity? Being around insecure people who are threatened by you usually is one of those Is it because of their insecurity or is it because of their experience? Probably both. I think, (laughs) you know, if you think about it, a pioneer on their best behavior is still having to be intentional, not to cause trouble. When they're frustrated, when they don't feel, you know, skills break down under pressure, there's nothing more pressurized for a pioneer than feeling destiny is passing them by. They don't have what they need. They're not understood. They are not great diplomats in that environment. They will communicate their displeasure and they will usually communicate whether they mean to or not out loud their sense that you're a complete joke and you're incompetent and to be quite honest, I probably should be leading this other than you. That doesn't usually go well in the annual review. (laughs) Just so you know. Absolutely. Anything to add to that, you guys? I think there's something around, and uh, Steve touched on it earlier on, that um, you know pioneers often come across as as not for people, um, and certainly immature pioneers can can really trample on people. But I think there's something uh, in a pioneer that needs other people to recognise that they are, but it's often just on the bigger picture in the bigger vision. Uh, so they need people to realise, well, okay, that there might be some challenges here, one to one, and in other things like that. But pioneers can often be really for people, but it's on a very large scale in a bigger picture. And I think they need people just to recognize as well, hey, this is about people, but mm. just on a different scale and to a different uh, extent, really. I think one of the things to understand is, um, is there are different types of pioneers. So the foundational voice shapes how all the others are heard. But there is a pioneer connector, or the ENTP, which is a lot more relational in the way that they connect. Whereas you've also got pioneer guardians, and pioneer creatives, and particularly for the pioneer guardian, ENTJ, if you speak that language, connector is fourth and nurture is five. So for them, the challenge of truly connecting with people and not having an agenda in relationship is a real challenge. So I think for those of you in uh, Voices Ninjas, and there's gonna be opportunities to connect with some deeper resources on that for some of you, understanding the difference between what is the pioneer connector, the pioneer creative, the pioneer guardian. So I'm a pioneer connector. Mm -hmm. So in some sense, I'm just a little bit more charming. I'm usually, I'm very strategic in who I connect with, but you'll probably observe and have done. I tend to stay pretty committed to relationships for long term because I understand from my past how it felt when I wasn't in that world. So I tend to connect with a smaller number of people but I tend to do it in a very strategic way. Rich, on the other hand, is a pioneer guardian. So therefore, in some senses, actually staying truly relationally connected to people when they're not in the team that's delivering the task. Rich is by far the more like the field marshal, the general, who defines far more of their identity really through achievement because their capacity to achieve things is actually higher than it is for the Pioneer Connector from a purely organizational point of view. Most Pioneer Connectors don't really want to lead lots of people. Mm-hmm. We actually don't want the emotional drama. We're probably better as consultants because actually we'd rather work with a very small group of people who are highly competent, emotionally very unneedy, and probably have a very small support function mm-hmm. in the process. Pioneer Guardians usually want to lead larger organizations because they love the intellectual challenge of the chessboard. So just that nuance of how different even those voice combinations are. Absolutely. So when you're, if you're leading pioneers to mm. the fight for the highest possible good, yeah. uh, means that you're really helping them understand what do they need more support or more challenge. Mm-hmm. 
and knowing that they can take the challenge, but yeah. are they open, are they responsive enough to go, um, hey, here's some things that are undermining your influence. So be able to speak frankly and like purely yeah. and specifically to them and give them real examples that they can at least take and ponder and think about and see how they respond back. Because if you're helping them get to the next level, you need them to play their role. If yeah. they're constantly blowing people up, yeah. you need to show specifics of what you mean and show them actual examples of what that looked like. Totally. Instead of it being an emotional thing, like, you yeah, know, Steve, sometimes you just kind of, mm. don't, instead of that, go, hey, Steve, in the meeting yesterday, yeah. when you were talking, did you see what you did to, yeah. to Robert? Yeah. Did you see how, do you know why? Here's what's happening. Yeah. And show him actual examples that he can work on. Because if he's responsive and a good team member, then he's going to actually work on that. Yeah. And he can get better on that if he knows the specific examples. If, if you frame it, if you're brave enough, and it's hard sometimes for another voice to do this with a pioneer, say, do you believe I'm for you? And to actually say to them, I'm going to commit to do everything I possibly can in my power to help you fulfill all the potential you have. I'm going to give you opportunities to stretch your competency, but here's the other side of that equation. I'm going to have to challenge you to levels probably no one has ever done before, and I need you to be really careful how you respond because you have a grenade launcher, and if you blow me up, there's only so many times I'm really prepared to do that. Mm -hmm. But if you're up for it, I'm going to give you the feedback you've never had because everyone was scared of you. I'm going to help you get to the next level in your career. I want to find out what the hopes and dreams for your future are, and I'm going to be a champion for you. But you're going to find it really hard at times because it, I'm going to be constantly on your case, but I'm doing it because I actually love you. I'm going to fight for your highest possible good. Honestly, every pioneer in the world, if somebody was brave enough to say that to them in their early life or the career or wherever it may be, even in the family, they would probably, they may not hug you physically, but kind of metaphorically they're going, this is what I've been looking for all my life. Because what usually happens is people judge pioneers, go, no one could be that insensitive without doing it deliberately. I mean, you are just a piece of work. I mean, I can't believe you said that or did that or and no one likes you. You obviously do it deliberately and I'm not, I'm just assuming you're done. Pioneers are unconsciously incompetent. They have no idea that them trying to be collaborative is actually being received usually in a relatively negative way. So, you know, I often joke and say, um, most organizations have 30 to 33 year old pioneers who no one knows what to do with because they're highly talented and their team always wins, but they can't get promoted to the next level. And the reason is simple, no one likes them. <laughs> because you're, you can, you're trying desperately hard to prove your competence when everyone knows you're already competent. So actually just sitting them down and go, here's the reason, the, you won't be able to go to the next level of leadership because unless people want to follow you, they're always gonna have anyone but you lead them. You have to change the focus of what winning looks like for you is, you have to become the person who helps other people win. The moment your peers believe that you're as committed to their team winning as your team winning, everything changes. I mean, I've got a little, you know, young pioneers in my household and the phrase which has killed them is choose to lose. Trying to teach pioneers to choose to lose sometimes, not by telling everyone they're choosing to lose, that doesn't work either, but because it's, I'm playing a bigger game, people will not follow you if they don't believe you're prepared to actually help them win, mm -hmm. sometimes even more than yourself. Not winning, not trying to win every battle, winning the war versus, yeah, that's good. That's good. 
Do you do you mind if I um, play this recording to you in the future? If there's certain things, I, I would expect there's. I would expect <laughs> that I'm, wait, I'm waiting for you to go, and I think it'd be quite helpful. I mean, I'm you know, joking. if you think about it, we've been working together for six years, mm -hmm. and I'm sure I've not been perfect the whole time. So just a day, one or two days. <laughs> um, how how would you say what, what is what is what is kind of for you to try and be a liberator to the pioneer voice? What's that look like so for you as a connector? The, the benefit of, that I have with Steve, and this is when any you know we use the phrase responsive versus resistant. I, used, I shared that earlier, and that's one of our tools. But responsiveness means that someone has the ability to hear you, and knows that you're for them, and wants to get to the next level. So if he was res if you were resistant, oh mm. my goodness, we probably wouldn't work together because mm. it just wouldn't work both ways. Both of us are responsive to one another, and so we have this partnership. If I share something with Steve, or if he shares something with me, it's going to look different. The connector might whine a little bit differently and might wallow a little bit, and then come back and go, "Yeah, you're right." And in your case, you'll listen and go, "Okay, you called me up, or you called." Me so you're you're you know really putting some pressure here, and then you'll respond. What I've appreciated about you is responsiveness is a is a big deal, and so responsiveness is just a, a key component to. And I and I'd say different. to everyone listening as a pioneer, that is a learned behavior, mm -hmm. because when somebody brings challenge, everything within you wants to critique the challenge because it's usually only fifty percent true. Mm -hmm. So I've had to learn that my default tendency, which is to challenge the critique, means I don't get that help in the future. Mm -hmm. I actually intentionally go, I'm not going to engage with that challenge in anything other than an active listening posture. Because I know that if someone's had the courage to challenge me, knowing how hard it is for, for the pioneer, there is truth in it. And my job is to mine that out. So my default tendency would be to tell you why I think your critique is wrong. Mm-hmm. What I've tried to really do, and I appreciate you saying it, is to actually go, no, if you're offering challenge, there's a reason, and I need to mine that out. So if you become a person as a pioneer that actually others go, Steve welcomes feedback, and it doesn't blow me up, then you will end up getting more of it. If people watch you, the first time somebody tries to help you, you just turn around and blow them up with a grenade. Well, that is probably the end of the constructive mm -hmm. feedback you're going to get. So I'd say for those of you who are are a pioneer or leading a pioneer I would say that would be one of the biggest things to actually try and help them understand if you blow me up when I offer any form of critique to help you win I'm not going to do it again because I don't have Kevlar body armor that will withstand that on a regular basis I have a thought on that so um, <clears throat> something that's helped me the phrasing as a pioneer and I think this pioneers will find this helpful too is anytime someone's giving you feedback especially if it's critical what I've changed it is I've gone, okay, this is data that I'm receiving. It's not necessarily an attack. And cause my, that's my tendency as well as I want to critique the critique that's coming at me. But if I go, regardless of how I, what I think about what they're saying, I'm going to take it in. This is interesting data. For some reason, they're telling me the way that this made them feel or whatever. And then I can then use that from a constructive standpoint. So when you, when you go from looking at it like an attack to just data that you can use, then it actually becomes constructive. And we hope all of this is helpful to you all. I mean, that's that's our goal. I mean, we're we're creating this podcast to fight for your highest possible good. Our our language, our style, the process, the programs, all the things that we're building for the world to be able to utilize is actually creating common language. 
and when you have common language that people can latch onto. So hopefully, if you're leading pioneers or you are a pioneer and want to be liberated yourself, then there's a process that, that goes in here. And some of the things we're sharing with you, hopefully, uh, are really hitting home. Uh, we're spending a week um, together and we've got our team flying all over from, from Albuquerque and from London and Naples, Florida and Atlanta, and just our team here in Oklahoma City. And we're basically mapping out uh, future liberation in mass scale. We've gone uh, for the last five years really at one level and we're about to go to a whole nother level and we're excited for it. But, but what we really want is we want to liberate as many people as possible and we want you to help us. So we always joke that there's 4.5 million people listening, but to the, to the real uh, number of, <laughs> of listeners, we want you to be a, a partner with us in this and we want to be at a level where we can serve you, but we also want to help you uh, learn how to serve and liberate others and transfer what you've been learning from us into the lives of those you lead. So thanks for being friends and uh, excited for that. Any last words, Steve? Yeah, you give me a last word usually on these. and I, I think the thing I'd say to pioneers are it's easier to be a liberator in the workplace than it is at home. Just for every pioneer I know finds so much of their identity in the achievement of tasks, which tends to be work. The place you'll really know whether you've gone to another level as a liberator is simply asking your spouse and your kids, what's it like to be on the other side of me? Because if you can be a liberator to your spouse, if you can be a liberator to your kids, then basically you have done something that most liberators find the hardest thing in the world to be and do because it involves investing time, often in second and third gear, when actually the default of the pioneer is usually always to be emotionally, intellectually in fourth and fifth gear, and then they take time out for themselves. So that's the pioneer challenge. Go and ask your spouse, what's it really like to be on the other side of me? And what would, what would true liberation look like? I reckon my, my biggest challenge over the last years has been, how do I liberate Helen truly as a nurturer guardian? And I realized just without, without being very intentional in that process, I would get it wrong so often in the past. So there you go. Find out if you're a pioneer or you're leading one. Help them be liberators at home. And that's the game if changer. If the connector can help coach the pioneers on what Steve just said, uh, I would make sure that you would make it be the right time when you ask that question. <laughs> yes. Do not ask at the wrong time. Yeah. You won't like the answer. <laughs> yeah. So make sure that would you, you tee it up. It's an right open level. question. So would you like some feedback? That's right. Would you like me to help you go to the next level? <laughs> so an open question gives the chance for you not to be uh, vaporized, which is a good thing. It's a good, good question. All right, y'all. Thanks for thanks for listening. Wish you well, and we'll see you next time on the Liberty Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. That concludes today's episode of the Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. You can find out more information about us online at giantworldwide.com.